Welcome to another selection of Inspirational Conversations, brought to you by the Historian Committee. Today's interview is with Dr. Michelle Lusardi, who was interviewed by Dana Lott, a member of the Historian Committee. Dr. Michelle Lusardi has worn many hats in her career as a researcher, associate professor, author, and board member for the Academy, just to name a few. She has authored over 40 peer-reviewed articles, has been the recipient of several honorary awards, which include the Joan Mills Award and Outstanding Educator Awards from the Academy of Geriatric Physical Therapy and the Beth K. Carlin Award and Lucy Blair Award from the American Physical Therapy Association. And she is also named a Catherine Worthingham Fellow of the American Physical Therapy Association. Dr. Lusardi has served on the Board of Directors of the Academy of Geriatric Physical Therapy, she has served as the editor of the Journal of Geriatric Physical Therapy and as the chair of the Jerry Edge Task Force on Functional Assessment. So describe for me your education and initial interest in physical therapy. Well, um, uh, I went to a small college in Pennsylvania undergrad, majoring in bio, thinking that I was going to go to medical school and really wanting to do that. And then met my husband, and decided I didn't want as many years yeah. <laughs> as medical school would take. And his best yeah. friend at school wanted to be a PT. So uh, Kevin talked to me about what PT was like and that kind of thing. And I said, oh, that sounds good. So I transferred um, into uh, to Downstate Medical Center um, as a junior. They just did junior and senior year. So I completed my bachelor's there and had some really outstanding faculty at the time. Um, and uh, Margie Kramer was one of our faculty, and she did PNF, and um, she had magic hands. And I said, I want to yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> so my interest in neuro sort of came from um, she did uh, neuro rehab. She taught in the neuro rehab component of the curriculum, and so that's where my interest came in. My my first job was in a children's center that was before mainstreaming. I'm that old, um, and. The, um, I was terrible uh, because I didn't understand families mm. and how they functioned. So I would work diligently on these wonderful home programs and then get aggravated when, when moms, who were often single moms because they had a child with a disability, couldn't integrate it into their already too busy lives. So um, we moved, uh, I graduated in 76. We moved in 77 to Connecticut because my husband had finished his graduate work. Um, and got a job in Connecticut, and I uh, started at Hartford Hospital, um, knowing that I was probably going to be a neuro nerd. And um, so I had the opportunity to do inpatient um, acute stroke. I was, you know, the the neuro ICU was my second home, so worked a lot with folks with head injury and new spinal cord injury, brain tumor, that kind of stuff. Um, was able to spend some time on the, the inpatient neuro rehab floor um, and met some wonderful people who influenced the, their handling of their um, situations, influenced my dissertation topic when I went back to grad school. Um, and while I was at Hartford, I had the opportunity to help with continuing ed education programs, and we brought uh, Greg Johnson and Vicki Saliba from the Institute of Physical Art um, in to uh, do PNF courses. And um, they were such magnificent teachers. Um, 
and I learned so much from them and uh, really you know after Margie with PNF and now Greg and Vicki with PNF um, you have to remember this is in the late 70s early 80s and um, so motor learning hadn't yet come in as a way of thinking about rehab Um, but uh, their their manual skills were just so incredible they noticed I was around every time they came to town so, so, and was that a coincidence? <laughs> so, um, I eventually was able to join them as a teaching assistant, and then eventually as an instructor. And that led to an opportunity to fill in for someone on sabbatic at University of Connecticut. So, um, and uh, the person that I filled in for uh, was taught the neuro rehab stuff, um, and I just. As much as I loved patient care, being in the classroom was—I just—I knew that that was going to become sort of my niche. Opportunity came to uh, be involved in new program development, um, and so I interviewed at Marymount in uh, Arlington, Virginia, and knew that Mike was coming to Sacred Heart. Um, you know, knew of him, knew he was very charismatic, uh, so went down and interviewed with him. Um, and uh, basically, he made it happen, and um, it was an incredibly creative time. We were the original group of us. Um, I think I was the fifth out of eight hired. Um, developed the curriculum from scratch, mm-hmm. made lots of mistakes, and had to correct them, but uh, really enjoyed um, problem-based learning format. And, and of course, I was the neuro nerd on the faculty, and. Um, Met Donna Bowers. I was going to say you, you and who Donna became the immediately. Force of intervention. Uh, <laughs> we, we became immediate bosom buddies, basically. Yeah. And you know, when we when we team taught, I'd start a sentence, she'd finish it. Um, she was NDT trained. I still thought about PNF. Of course, by that time, you know, in, in preparing courses, you have to stay current in the literature. So we had. Integrated motor learning, but we didn't let go of the manual stuff that we were doing. So she, we in, in lab, um, in the master's program, we team taught labs together, um, and uh, so I would handle a patient using my skill set, and then she would handle the same patient using her skill set. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was it was really kind of neat to demonstrate that you can approach a problem in multiple ways and still have positive outcome. uh, I'm glad you brought up the problem learning because I had a question about that. Um, So in our our profession, previous knowledge is being challenged, you know, coming back to activity after concussion and now you have neuroplasticity, use it, don't lose it. Kind of looking at it from an education perspective, what do you think are some things that we're realizing in education that perhaps we didn't think about earlier on? Well, you know, as, as there have been, there have been trends, you know, in the 60s and 70s, it was PNF and NDT and a little bit of Bobath and that kind of stuff. In the 80s, um, a Karn Shepherd started coming mm-hmm. through with their way of managing stroke. You know, so, so knowledge is sort of been building um, and, then, and sometimes what happens is the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. so when motor learning started to come up 
Like, you didn't touch your patients. You did motor learning, you, you know, and, and didn't do the, manu the facilitation that you might do if you were NDT trained or PNF trained, that kind of thing. Um, so there was a rift um, about, you know, what approach was still viable mm -hmm. or most viable. Um, and then more recently, there's been um, a building of saying integration of, of, of things. And with plasticity, um, you know, motor learning and plasticity are so important and, and the sort of ask-don't-tell strategies when you, when you, you ask someone to do something, you know, and you, and you say, well, you know, what do you think about what you just did? How did that go? And rather than saying, well, if you would put your foot here yes. or your hand here, you know, rather than be, being directive to, to um, sort of use a problem-based approach in, in you know, think in that. Yeah, like, do you think problem-based learning is like the neuroplasticity theme of education? Like, is it where we're going because it seems to be working? You know, in some ways, yes. Um, the drawback, for me anyway, with problem-based learning is that my research productivity decreased somewhat. Mm. Of course, I was not known now at a teaching institution versus a research institution from UConn to Sacred Heart. <laughs> I used to get so frustrated at, at, at UConn because you'd work so hard on these grants, grant applications, and you'd get a review that was positive, but you didn't, you were ranked, and you know, I was always the one that was just below just the one that got funded, yeah. and it was perceived as a failure um, by the powers that be at the yeah. university. Um, and so I was very happy when I came to Sacred Heart that I didn't have, <laughs> you know. But I did do grant. I did, was awarded some grants as some some teaching grants as well as a couple of research grants at Sacred Heart. So I did, you know, I was able to incorporate it. But mm -hmm. the the thing at problem-based learning, because you spend so much time with students in collaborative learning rather than in traditional lecture format. Um, something has to go and so I did all my research in the summertime when I wasn't in the classroom so I you know and then I would try to sneak it in you know yeah I'd collect my data and stuff in the summertime and then try to get it <laughs> you know cleaned up and analyzed and then write you know write manuscripts and stuff um, as I could during this during the semester um, but you know and, and we transitioned from the master's program, I think, only ran for three or four years before we transitioned to DPT. Mm. So we did major curriculum development twice um, and, uh, while I was there. So, and so you're I, happy to be retired. <laughs> well, you know, I miss, I miss being in the classroom. Um, I always, I mean, my responsibility at Sacred Heart was, was the neuroanatomy piece. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we wrote cases, Donna and I wrote cases that, that were aimed at being integrative across um, the anatomy piece, the, uh, the way that Sacred Hearts curriculum was developed. There was basic science stuff, there was uh, assessment stuff, and then there was intervention stuff. And the cases were supposed to be an umbrella that stretched across all three. Mm -hmm. And um, took a lot of time and thinking on faculty to embed those clues in the in a one-page mm -hmm. paper case um, but uh, you and know to guide your tutorial leaders to right yeah. right oh, yeah. and and uh, and to you know every three or four years we would tutor ourselves to make sure that we didn't 
so that we understood the process mm-hmm. a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it was uh, interesting to let go of control. The, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not, I've been retired almost eight years now, so I'm not as into the literature as I used to be. But um, I really am intrigued by uh, divided attention and dual task training uh, and that kind of thing from a falls prevention perspective. But that's neuro. I mean, neuro and geriatrics. This is the end of the shortened version of the interview with Michelle Lusardi. Download the full interview to learn more about her process of obtaining her master's degree, as well as her PhD, and then also hear her talk about her current pro bono work in her community. Thank you for listening.